الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبر يعذكم لعلم صدق الله العظيم Respected ulama, elders and brothers in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. One of the salient features of our Mubarak deen is the concept of fairness in dealings, justice, and doing good. In the verse that I've recited before you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands with justice and with goodness. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى And giving the rights to one's relatives. وَيَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ And he prohibits lewdness, evil and transgression. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that in his opinion this is the most comprehensive verse encapsulating deen in the entire Qur'an and Ajit. This is the most comprehensive verse encapsulating the entire deen in the entire Qur'an and Ajit. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands justice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands ihsan, doing good. And from the time of the Salaf al-Saliheen, the very early period of Islam, this verse right till now is recited in the khutbah on a Friday and in the khutbah of Eid. Because it highlights this important concept of fairness, equality, justice in Islam. There's another verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la ta'kulu amwalakum baynakum bilbaatil. O those who have brought iman, addressing you and I, do not consume the wealth of one another. Do not eat, literally the word that is used, لا تأكلوا, do not eat the wealth of one another unjustly. Ulama have explained that this word eat is used here because when we unjustly take something from someone else, it is as if we are eating up their right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning that do not consume the wealth of one another unjustly. Whether it be in trade, whether it be in employment, whether it be in terms of fulfilling the rights of one another. 
in fiqh, there is a, an important kitab that is studied by all the different madaris around the world in Hanafi fiqh. It is called Al-Hidayah. And this book, you could say, is the highest level of fiqh that is taught to the ulama. And in this book, you find that there are four volumes. It's been split into four volumes. One out of the four volumes deals with acts of worship. Tahara, Salah, Fasting, Hajj. But three out of the four, 75%, three quarters of this book of fiqh, deals with mutual dealings and social conduct. Buying and selling, the rights of one another, nikah, inheritance. All of these different types of social dealings and mutual dealings, 75% of this book of fiqh, and you could say 75% of fiqh, deals with this aspect. Ulama explain that when it comes to our acts of worship, if we make a mistake, if we err, then we have the opportunity making up for it. A person misses his salah, he can make qaba. And if he has missed a number of salah, and he is going to pass that I have missed these amounts of salah, of course, we shouldn't do this intentionally, but if it happens to be that I have missed these amounts of salah and I have been unable to make up for them, so a certain amount needs to be discharged from my will for these missed salah. A person is performing salah and he commits an error. In that salah, if he realizes that he has committed an error, he can make sajda so, and he can rectify that error. Or perhaps he may not be aware, and after he completes his salah, he can find out from somebody, was this something that invalidated my salah or not? And if necessary, he can repeat that salah. But ulama explained that when it comes to the rights of one another, when we usurp the rights of one another, whether it be financially or otherwise, then we cannot make up for it until the owner of that right forgives us. And we return that which is due to them. Therefore, being fair and just in our dealings is a salient part of our deen. And we find that Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Salaf al-Saliheen, the pious predecessors, our Akabir, they were extremely particular about fairness and justice in all aspects of our deeds. Hazrat Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanji rahimahullah is known as Hakim al-Ummah. He is known as the spiritual doctor of this Ummah. He passed away. Less than a hundred years ago. And he is one of the greatest akabir of our time. Many of our ulama, the spiritual lineage, goes back to Hazrat Muna Ashraf al-Tanbi, rahimahullah. Extremely particular, extremely knowledgeable. He was a great jurist. But more than just being a jurist, he was a great spiritual doctor. He used to mention that if you come to my khanka, if you come to my spiritual center, and you have an expectation of becoming a very pious, elevated Sufi or Buzruk, then don't come to me. But if you want to become a human being, 
If you want to be insan, then come to me and I will make you a human being. On one occasion, he had a khalifa of his, somebody that he had given khilafat to. He had passed on the, the mantle of khilafat to this person. And this person came to visit him with his young 12-year-old son. So he inquired from this individual that when you came to visit me with your son, what fare did you pay for your son on the train? So this person, he responds that, Hazrat, my son is 12 years of age, but he's very small in size. So the fare on the train, if you are under 12, it's half. Like we have nowadays, if you're flying on an airline and you're under 12, the fare is lower. If you go to certain events, then under a certain age, you will pay a reduced amount. If you go to a hotel and you have a breakfast, under a certain age, you will pay a certain amount. So this person says that my son is very small in size, so I passed him off as if he was under 12. And I paid half the fare. Hazrat Mullah Ashraf Ali Tani became extremely upset. He became so upset that he rescinded. He took away this person's khilafah. And he said that you have deceived the railway station. The law is that you have to pay. Whether you are big in size or you small in size. If you are 12 and above, you pay the full fare. This is an act of deception. And, and a good mu'min, a true mu'min, cannot deceive, even if it may be a non-Muslim on the other side. He cannot deceive somebody. Hazrat Mawlana Ashraf Litanbi, when he would travel by train in India in those days, and he had baggage, he would be extremely particular about making sure that he was within the weight limitation. And if he was over, he would pay for that additional weight. On one occasion, he was boarding the train and he was getting his ticket. And he was a great person at that time. He was a great uh, a spiritual figure, a great alim. People recognized him. So it so happened that the attendant at the train station recognized that this was Hazrat. And so he said to him, Hazrat, you've got all of this baggage. Don't worry. I'm going to be on the same train as you. So you don't have to pay for excess baggage. I will make sure that you can take on whatever weight you want and I will see to it that you don't have a problem. So Hazrat Tanvi says to him that, how far are you going to? So he says, no, I'm going to this station which was before the Tanvi station of Tanabaw. But don't worry, when I get off at this station, the guard that will be coming on is a friend of mine and I will inform him that I have allowed this baggage of yours to go to. So Hazrat asks him, that what about the next station? So the conductor says to him that, Hazrat, that is the last station. You are going to be terminating your journey at that station. There is no station after that. So you don't have to worry. You can take this baggage. So Hazrat says to him that, no, there is a station after that. There's many stations. There's going to be the station of the Qabr. There's going to be the station when I'm going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are you going to come with me there and are you going to stand guaranteed that I usurped the right of the railway station? I deceived them. It's not your railway station. You're just working with an employee. You don't have the authority to allow this extra weight of mine to go through. 
Are you going to be there till the final station when I have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give account? This was the quality of justice and fairness. It was known at that time that if anybody was boarding a train and he was heading towards Tanabaw and he's, he was particular about his weight and he must be a murid of Hazrat Muna Ashraf Ali Tanbi because he knew that this was what he was taught. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu on one occasion was traveling in the desert and he came across a shepherd with a herd of sheep. And it so happened at that time that all of his provisions had uh, uh, been used up. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu. And at that time, it was the custom amongst the Arabs that if a traveler was passing by, they would offer hospitality, they would offer some milk from the sheep to satiate the thirst and the hunger of the traveler. So Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu inquires from the uh, uh, shepherd and he says to him that, can I have some milk? So the shepherd responds and says that, unfortunately, these are not my sheep, I'm simply working for somebody else. I don't have the authority to give you the milk from the sheep. It's an amana. The sheep are an amana. And I haven't been given the authority to give the milk. It's owned by the owner of the sheep. So Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu realizes that this person is a pious person. So he decides to test him. He, this person didn't know that this was Umar radiallahu anhu. So he says to him that, you know what, let me make a proposition to you. Let's make a plan. You'll benefit, I'll benefit. It's a win-win situation. Let me buy one sheep from you. So I'll have the sheep, I can have some milk, I'll quench my thirst. And you'll have some money, so you don't have to worry, at least you got something out of it. And when your master comes, then you can tell the master, you know what, it's a big flock of sheep, a wolf came and ate one sheep. He's going to be none the wiser. There's no CCTV cameras that are here that will show him that this transaction happened. So this shepherd then remarks to Umar radiallahu anhu, What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not watching this transaction of deception that you are proposing to them? Umar radiallahu anhu became extremely happy. And he said that as long as there are people like you in this world, Tyrants will not be able to oppress people. And as long as people like you have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your hearts, and you have this consciousness of the akhirat, and of standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then crime, corruption, deception will not be in the land. Look at this ordinary shepherd, ordinary person having the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his heart. You and I need to introspect. How do we deal with people in different situations? Despite sometimes our outer garb of Islam, and at this I address myself first, I'm the worst when it comes to this. Hazrat Tanvi, when he would give a bayan, he would mention that I give a bayan on my own weaknesses, so that I may put it right. How many transactions we engage in with people where we usurp their rights? How many times we try to make a plan to let something go by 
whether it is a Muslim or a non-Muslim on the other side, whether the amount is large or it is trivial, we learn that in Islam, this is unacceptable. One of the salient traits of Islam is equality, justice, fairness, concern for the well-being of the person on the other side. Ihsan, doing things in a good way, in the best way that is possible. Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu was the governor of Syria. And at that time, Syria bordered the Roman Empire. And he had entered into a ceasefire arrangement with the Romans up to a certain date that he would not, they would not engage in any warfare. So just before that date was about to expire, Muawiyah radiallahu anhu thought, you know what, let me assemble my army and take these people by a, a surprise and I will be able to win some lands from the Romans. So he assembled his army along the border of Syria and Rome and a few of his people happened to encroach onto the other side just before the termination of the date of the ceasefire. And when the ceasefire ended, the rest of his army went into the Roman territory and he managed to secure large amounts of land, large amounts of territory. Suddenly, he sees a rider that is coming to him. And he thought, perhaps the Amir al-Mu'minin, the Khalifa is sending a messenger to me. So who is this person that's coming? And he then sees that it is a Sahabi, Amr bin Abbas radiallahu who comes to him. And he says to him that, Oh Muawiyah, you have engaged in treachery. You have betrayed the contract that you had with the enemy. So Muawiyah radiallahu says, what do you mean? We had a ceasefire. Just before the ceasefire, I assembled my army. And then when the ceasefire ex- uh, uh, expired, now I was free to move wherever I needed to move. And that's how I went. So he says, no. You assembled your army, but before the ceasefire could end, some of your soldiers, very few of them, they went across into enemy territory. That means that you breached this contract, and it's not permissible for you to keep all this occupied territory that you have got. You need to return it. Muawiyah radiallahu anhu then orders his army to return, to withdraw and give back all of those lands that were acquired unlawfully, that were acquired through deception, that were acquired through betrayal of this contract with the enemy. This contract had been engaged with the enemy. Hazrat Hudayfa radiallahu anhu, when he had accepted Islam with his father, he was traveling from Makkah to Medina to visit Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And on his way, he met Abu Jahl, who was going out to fight against Rasulullah sallallahu in the Battle of Badr. So he apprehends Hazrat Hudayfa radiallahu anhu and he says to him that I'm not going to allow you to go through because you're going to fight. So Hazrat Hudayfa radiallahu anhu says, no, no, I am simply going to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and you have my word that I promise you I will not join the ranks of the Muslims in this battle. So they allow him to go. And he goes, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has already left Madinah Munawwara. 
he is on the way to Badr. Hudayfa radiallahu anh meets him at near Badr and he explains the situation. This is what happened. I met Abu Jahal. And then he says to Rasulullah sallallahu that, Oh Rasulullah, permit me to fight in this battle. I had to give this promise to the enemy of your arch enemy. I had to give it to him, but it was under duress. It was under the sword. This is such a great battle. Instead, this was the day of differentiation. Islam was established. Let me fight. Let me become a Badri Sahabi. What a great rank. Rasulullah says, no. Udefa, you gave your word to the enemy that you will not fight. Our word is our bond. Our word is our bond. Despite the fact that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam only had 313 soldiers, despite the fact that they were ill-equipped, ill-armed against the kuffar, this additional person would have been a great assistance to the to the army. But Rasulullah sallallahu the fairness, this was the justice that Islam brought. That you gave your word to Abu Jahal, therefore you will not be permitted to fight. And you will have to forego this great rank of becoming a Badri Sahaba. What a great rank. So my respected elders and brothers, this deen of ours is a deen of justice. It's a deen of fairness. It's a deen of equality. This is the beauty of our deen. And this is the aspect of the deen that the rest of the world sees. The non-Muslims do not witness our salah. They do not witness our fasting. They do not witness our tilawah. But they witness our akhlaq, our character, how we deal with them. And we need to make sure that we are bringing people and attracting them towards our deen rather than pushing them away because we should be upholding this great aspect of justice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you with justice, with goodness. This verse that we recite every Jumu'ah, this verse Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anh mentions that this is one of the most comprehensive verses in the Quran and May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq to understand. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّكَ رَبِّ الْعِزَّةِ عَمَّا يَصِفُونَ وَسَلَامٌ عَلَى الْمُسَّلِينَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّ